This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Most people think they are in control of their life, but life just happens, and every single decision that you make as it unfolds shapes how you experience it. You navigate your life, making choices as you're faced with your experiences, and you have free will to surrender or resist. You can choose to follow the higher wisdom of your soul or keep blindly seeking to control how your life unfolds. Life is always in flow, continually changing and evolving. You can learn from it or fight it. Imagine for a moment that life is like an ever-changing, flowing river. As it encounters obstacles, it changes its course and does not resist or fight them. It flows around obstacles in its path with patience and ease. Unconstrained by its surroundings, it adapts. Approach your life as if it were flowing water and learn to adapt to its vicissitudes instead of resisting or fighting them. Valeria Tellis interviews Claudia Valandia. She is the author of Wake Up, How to Get Out of Your Mind, Stop Living on Autopilot, and Start Choosing Your Best Life. Claudia Valandia is inspired to inspire people to connect and align with their essence so they can experience life fully, without limitations, and together contribute to the well-being of the world. Nine years ago, she found herself hitting rock bottom. She was living in the motions of living. She didn't like what she was doing with her life or where it was heading. She felt without purpose and meaning. She was looking to escape from her mind and her emotions. Her outlets were working, partying, and dating, but all they did was deepen her suffering. To get out of her own way, she started working on herself and looking within. She opened the connection with her spiritual path. She began to make changes and not allowing herself to get in the way of living her best life. Now that she's on the other side, she can recognize how all of it was created in her mind. She was living as if on autopilot. She began to realize that individuals are suffering because they are living so much in their minds. They are also limiting their potential as they continue living from a conditioned perspective. They are in the box that is also impacting their well-being. Her observations led her back to school to become a certified conscious leadership coach and the founder of Quantum Thinking. It inspired her to write this book. To read Claudia's full biography, 
please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Here is the interview with Claudia Valandia. In your own words, who is Claudia Valandia? Oh, wow, Valerie. Claudia Valandia is someone who, who is looking to continue evolving and growing in this world. Someone who is firstlessly connecting with herself and her true nature and find uh, the true purpose in, in my life and always allowing my higher self to, to speak through me and, and be of service to, to, to others, of course, for me and others. That's wonderful. Thank you. So I have a few warm-up questions before we talk about your book, Wake Up, How to Get Out of Your Mind, Stop Living on Autopilot, and Start Choosing Your Best Life. What a wonderful title. I really like that when I saw it, Wake Up, with exclamation mark. Yes. The first question <laughs> is, what is life? Wow life and the way that i see life is uh, an opportunity for us to experience uh, and grow and evolve uh, life is beautiful <laughs> uh, life is so much joy life is like those things that you don't have words to describe what it really means yeah is is being in the present moment and experiencing what you are having in the moment that's life uh, an opportunity to to explore and and, and grow yeah. What is the opposite of life, Claudia? The opposite of life, I will, I will say that is not being in the moment, not being aware, not being conscious, uh, being uh, in the motions of living and without purpose. Like, like the image that came to me is like, I just don't remember the word in English, actually. It's called cometa in Spanish, but it's like a... a, a a leaf flowing without without really purpose, which is just mm. without direction. That is someone who is in, in their mind so much that they are not consciously living. That would be the opposite of life. Right. What is freedom to you? No, the for me freedom is the freedom of fear, of not feeling fear to be authentic to who we truly are. Yeah. And act in our essence and act in love and not out of fear. And when we get to that point, that's through freedom. Wow, I love that. Being free from fear, right? Yeah, yeah I love so, that. So yeah. true. What is your greatest joy? Oh, my greatest <laughs> joy. Wow, such a beautiful question. I never have thought about it. Like, I find a lot of joy when I'm in the mountains, when I cross-country skiing, when I am in nature. That's when, I, when my heart sings the most and, and I'm the happiest when, when I'm connecting with nature and, and also when I'm with my loved ones. That, that's, that's my greatest joy, yeah. Oh, when wow. I am within that movement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that made me think about um, the idea of being in the moment it happens a lot more. It becomes reality when we are doing what we love to do, we enjoy to do, isn't it? Yes, totally, totally. And we bring in more, more presence and more value. Just like yes, this is what I love, yeah. and that's life. 
<laughs> doing <Right>. those things. <laughs> that makes so much sense. What is the world's greatest need, in your opinion? Love. Love. 100% love. Love. That's what we need more in the world, to love first oneself. I, also, I always said this, that if I have like a one wish that I can ask, is one wish, it will be that every human being in the world love themselves so much, so deeply, because that, that will shift how we live in the world and our lives. Wow. So that's wonderful what you just said. Um, I was about to ask, what is love to you? But in mm -hmm. a way, you connected um, love to self-love. So that's the yeah. foundation. Yeah. Yes, the moment that we love ourselves, the moment that we love unconditional ourselves and ourselves fully and completely, we know who we truly are. We are not going to seek validation outside of ourselves and not going to seek acceptance. So then, because we're accepting ourselves, accepting others, and we love in others from a place of uh, pure love and not a place of, I need you to love me. Mm. Oh, I need this from you. It's just unconditional and selfless. Right. And the need to have validation and acceptance from others or the love of others, it's actually fear too, right? It has to do with fear. Yeah, the fear that we are not enough, of fear that I'm not worthy. And that all those uh, fears are lack of love within ourselves. Yeah. Oh, yes. What, where, and who is God? I think God is each of us. God is the breath that we breathe, air that we breathe. God is the, the smile of a child and as well and the pain of someone. God is everything that we see and that's, that's God. God is all around us and within us and, and every single creature and living or, or in, in earth in, the, in our world. God is everything. Yeah, I love that. God, it's everywhere and here now, right? It's in us. Yes, in this moment. It's in the air that we're breathing, in our cell of our bodies. And that's God. What do you think is the purpose of your life? The purpose of my life and the way that I see it is to, right now, <laughs> is to stay out of the way of my soul purpose. <laughs> that's what I'm saying right now. That's cute. To to allow the, my soul to fully express through me. And for me right now, is that's what my purpose is, to evolve, grow, so that way I can show others that it's another way of living and it's another way of life, like a breakthrough paradigm, live, live my best life so I can show others how to do it and help others or serve others. And to see that it's a different way of living than the one that we have been conditioned to live from so many years now. And that's how it feels that my purpose now. Yeah, we'll be talking in the moment about the conditioned mind and conditioned mm -hmm. living, right? A lot about that. Yes. Yeah. So what was the inspiration to write the book, Wake Up? My inspiration was born uh, because that was the book that I would have loved my younger self read many years ago when I found myself hitting rock bottom. So through, because... I was suffering so much and I was such much pain. I found I needed to find a way out to what I was experiencing. And that took me to, to a journey of looking within and self-analysis and self-knowledge and opened that my, my subconscious mind to, to not get to know me. And through that journey, 
I, I realized, uh, on the other side, as I call it, I realized that I had been so much on out of violence, so much on the emotions of living, that I was, I was the only one who was causing my own pain. And the inspiration came because I want to help others to see that it's an other way of living, one as full of joy, purpose, and love, that we are the ones who are causing our own pain and our own suffering and living in, in the motions. So that inspired me that, hey, guys, it's a, young girls, it's a different way of living. Like, come on, society, it's a different way of enjoying this beautiful life and not just being on the motions and suffering unnecessarily. Right, right. I agree. Wow. That's an interesting idea to live in a way where we take responsibility and we don't blame others for anything. That's the place that we, all of us, right, Mm -hmm. want to get from what I see. And that has to do a lot with inner peace and self-love. Yes. And it's beautiful that you brought it up about responsibility because that's the first step, like take responsibility for our actions and take responsibility for oneself. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the motions of living. My first question is, what is to live in the motions of living? You call it also autopilot. Yes. And how did you start choosing to live your best life? Okay, so let's start for the autopilot and then we'll talk about choosing the best life. So in the sense that I talk about living on, on autopilot, it goes through first the one that you go to emotions of living, you go to work, or you wake up, you go to work, you have, then go back home, you go to the gym, meet your friends, go to sleep, and then you just go through those motions. You continue living your life. So that without, like a without purpose. And then the autopilot as well comes in with emotions is that uh, we have been conditioning over time and we have been programmed through our life experiences, through what our parents taught us, through our culture, through our beliefs and values. And all those things have been created in our, like a program in our subconscious mind that are like their memories. And as we go about our lives and our senses, our eyes experience things, or see things, it re, uh, our programming reacts to them. It reacts based on what we have uh, programmed in our subconscious. And we react, that's the autopilot, that's the autopilot behavior that we have. So that's what I mean to, that most, most of us, or most people are living on autopilot, just they continue reacting to life instead of responding and consciously directing it. And that's okay. So before you move on, can you give me an example what is to react and what is to respond? Yeah. Uh, so, for example, reacting can be you are in a meeting, having a conversation, and then someone said something that upset you, that, that make you feel bad, that make you feel like unworthy or like your opinion is not valid. Right. So you will react right away it's saying something to that person, maybe responding, saying you are the so-and-so. So you are reacting. You are not even thinking the time to, to take a pause and say, oh, what they were saying that. So that's kind of reaction. You just, everything just came up from your mind and probably you will be regretting after that. Like, oh, what did I act in that way? I, that was not the smartest way to say something. So when you find yourself thinking something like that, it's because you reacted. 
Uh, Responding is more the same situation. Someone says something that affects you, that makes you feel uh, not validated. Then you can just say, huh, just be more connected with what you're feeling. So like, yeah. I'm feeling anger right now. I'm feeling anger. I feel like I want to re- react and tell him something mm. or tell her something. So in that moment of awareness, you can be able to say, okay, what is the best way to respond to the situation? Take a couple of breaths and say, maybe we can talk about that outside another time. Or then respond, say, I disagree with what you're saying to me. That's being offensive. And then you will be responding instead of reacting. Does make sense? Yeah, it does. It seems to me like in the way, the way you say reaction uh, has a lot to do with defending ourselves, right? Thinking that we are always right. Yes. Putting ourselves in that position. Mm-hmm. And responding is more being open. You're open to, to the whys, right? You question, you're questioning a lot more. Yeah, it's more about as well the curiosity about that because when we're reacting it's because it's hurting our ego, it's hurting a memory or a belief that we have. So when when we respond, we get curious about it. Okay, interesting. What this person said or what just happened that is making me feel in this way that I want to react. When we became, become curious about the situation and then pay attention to our thoughts, then we will have those minutes to, to respond. Yeah. So there's also that pause that you, you just talked about. Reacting, it seems to be faster, right? It's faster. It happens with uh, speed. Yes. And responding, it's, uh, it takes, there's a pause, there's breathing in between. Yes. Exactly. So the best way as well to explain it is like, for example, you're reacting when you are in the street and you see a car coming close to you, towards you, you jump right away because you react right. out of the being hurt uh, physically. Yeah. So that's in the same, like this, that, that quick fastest. For emotional or psychological pain, right? Yes, uh-huh. exactly. And that's the fight or flight response of our brain protecting us. But in this case, it will be psychological. How interesting. Yeah, it makes so much sense to me. So talk to me about choosing to live our best life. How did you choose to do that and how did you do it? Yes, to choosing our best life is is being connected with our essence. We're connected with our true nature, connected with our higher purpose and start choosing from, from that perspective and out of love and not out of fear. That's what it's choosing our best life, to choose with love, to choose to follow our heart, our heart, to choose in our soul guidance through our heart. That's choosing our best life because it will get us when the moments that we're going to be growing the most. It will take us to the experiences that, that can be challenging, but we will be evolving to our, we're evolving to, in our evolution as a human, but we grow and, and expand that we'll be happiest. And more and live with purpose and joy. That's what is choosing your best life with love. Right. And it has a lot to do with the journey within that you speak of in your book. Yes, absolutely. To do that, definitely we require to look within and do inner work to to start choosing our best life. Right. Yeah, talk to me a bit more about the deep journey within that you went through, Claudia. What is what is like to be in contact with a a depth with that depth oh wow so it's painful <laughs> i'm not going to say that it's <laughs> right because okay. you are opening uh, a box of worms like you will say because you're opening beliefs that you had when you were kids 
you will open experience that you live when you work it that created those beliefs you are you are open in many things that you believe you were you are open so that can be painful that is very rewarding very rewarding on the other side i can you know it's like a the the butterfly that transforms that is like oh this hurts when it's coming out of the cocoon uh, but yeah. at the other side is yeah. is free and and it's beautiful fine so that's gonna it looks the journey we think can be painful but at the other side is <laughs> is freedom and it's purpose and it's joy and and yes, it's, it's, the, it's the best. <laughs> right. It makes sense too, because to give birth to anything that's new, like a mother giving birth to a child, there's a lot of pain, right? Yes. That's a beautiful analogy. Yes, exactly. the same in our life. And it's sometimes uh, uh, we, need to, we need to go to hard, so tough circumstances or challenging circumstances in our life. So, so we grow and explore and we evolve. So the same thing happens when we do the, the journey within. We are opening uh, the past, for, for the lack of another word, or we open into our subconscious mind and start seeing all those things that, about ourselves that we were hidden, hidden for, and to, to start opening and healing them. And that can be painful. That is the birth. Yeah, it's our birth. Yeah, the birth to a new life, right? Yes, yes. Um, so... Guess I'm wondering what methods you used because some people use different methods. I I used writing. I used moving chain. A lot, I made a lot of chains. So did you make a lot of chains too? So your physical life, your physical self, and also did you use meditation, writing, and yes. So for me, that has been a journey to 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 go where I am. So yeah. I started like creating habits like taking care of my body, my mind, my heart, and my soul. So I start thinking, okay, what, what habits do I need to create for, for exercising and going to the gym and eating healthier to take care more of my body? I created beliefs that were supporting, for example, the belief that if I take care of, if I eat healthy, if I exercise, that means that I'm loving myself. That means that I'm loving who I am. So I started creating all those beliefs within me. And also I use uh, lots of my emotions because emotions, as I said in my book, they are a gift, are a gift that that help us to to open up what is within us. Because, for example, when when we go about life and some circumstance happen, something, someone said something, or an event happened, or and we feel an emotional response that is hurt us, is negative in the in the more uncomfortable side, and it hurts us, is because a belief, an idea. An ex- life experience, a cultural bias, something that is rooted in our subconscious mind got triggered. So then when we stop and we get curious with that emotion, then, okay, why am I feeling that way? What is really triggered? That is start opening that, uh, that can that I spoke before to understand the beliefs. So that's what I did in my journey to my emotions. I use my emotions very, very much to, to uncover uh, in that journey and also pay attention to my thoughts I practice meditation I have been practicing meditation for some uh, almost two years and a half now uh, meditating every day um, in Vipassana meditation I did a Vipassana course the 10 day course so yeah and and I used writing as you said that you do yeah, yeah. when I have a really when and I have a very hard emotion to to 
mm. to express to feel yeah that's that's what i do too and yeah paying attention to my thoughts lots and directing my mind for sure and that's so interesting i love the way you're saying about paying attention to our thoughts and feelings emotions because mm-hmm. they're here right all the time if we are open then it's so mm-hmm. easy to just find out what is bringing us peace and what's not what is love and what's fear Yes, exactly. And the interesting part too is like when everything goes uh, well, quote unquote well, because or uh, the nothing is good and bad, we are right. the ones who mean, giving the meaning to it, right? right. So right. let's say we go good, that we are feeling good emotions, joy. We don't really learn much about it. Like we can learn about, oh, I like this. Yeah, this makes me happy. But then when we feel the other emotions, the ones that don't feel as good, then is when we can learn from it. Yeah, so very into with our thoughts and emotions are very, very important for someone who wants to do the inner work to free themselves and find purpose and joy in life. Okay, so it's more paying attention to the negative emotions. Yeah, I will recommend that. I will suggest that more. Like for both, both are important, but looking at the the not pleasant emotions, the not feeling good emotions, those ones are the ones that really going to to help us to, to open up. Yeah. And do the inner work. Yeah. You mentioned earlier, I think a couple of times, about taking care of our bodies, mind, heart, and soul. So I'm wondering what mm-hmm. is the difference between soul, the soul and the heart? Yeah. So in the way that I see it, our, uh, our heart is the guidance of our soul. So our soul is speaking to our heart. That's how I see it. And our soul, the soul is the, heart, the connection to, to God. To the greater, the greater spirit, to the infinite spirit. So that was our soul, the, the connection to them. And our soul speaks to ourselves through our heart. Oh, I see. To how to take the action. So it's like the connection with our body, like how we can feel it more. That's how I, I, I feel it and I see it. Right. Do you also connect, Claudia, the, the soul to the spirit? You use the same words? And me? And then it's interesting because at the end, everything is one, right? Our body, our heart, our soul, everything is one. That's right. So, and our mind as well. But it's like for our mind likes to kind of understand the levels. Mm -hmm. And it's not understandable because I I went through that too. So the soul, like the soul is is of God. So the soul is connected to to the, the infinite spirit. Yeah. So... Uh, for me, I talk about the soul and I talk about the spirit. I, I see the spirit like the, the infinite spirit, like the greater of all, the oneness of everything. Yeah. And our soul is of it. And our soul is the, the divine being that came to this world to fully express and grow and evolve and communicate through our heart so we take action in that direction. So, so we evolve and grow. So if we pay attention to our heart, we can... Consciously decide to follow our heart, yeah, through our mind. <laughs> oh wow! So yeah, this is something that I'm trying to understand myself. Like, what is the soul? Because I heard a lot about the journey of the soul that is within us, that is trying, is having the physical experience, the human experience, to learn something. And then we have the, you mentioned the word the spirit or creator, the God, the one. Yeah, it's one. There's no separation there. Once we find the out universe, the purpose yeah. of our they souls, yeah. which is, I think, mm-hmm. is go back, right? To the yeah, oneness. Yeah. Then the, the, the journey of the soul ends? Like, the, yeah, I won't 
I, I, I don't know, I think I will find out when we've passed the first time. <laughs> but how I see it is like our soul can, has also the truth of who we are, right? Yeah. That is our soul. Right. We came here with a purpose, right? And that purpose is being revealed to us through our heart. Right. As we listen our heart. Mm. So our soul is the one who knows what the soul came here to do. Right. And it's our, and it's, uh, it's in our, uh, for, example, for me, it's my duty to let my ego out, my personality self out of, get out of the way of my soul purpose. Right. Mm. So in that way, my soul really can do what my soul came here to do wow, wow. in this world. Yeah, and that's the distractions, right? We call the ego is always distract is distracting the soul, the heart. Yeah, and yeah. we become confused because now we don't know what voice to listen to. Exactly, exactly, and that comes the discernment, right? And when we follow our heart, is then when we choose our best life. Mm. Because we are following the our soul journey yeah, through wow. our hearts and and being and that takes practice to discern when who is talking is <laughs> the mind yeah. or is the heart right right like right. yeah right. who is who is one who's mm. doing the talk and that's something that everybody can practice to to do that yeah wow zen buddhism they talk a lot about this that there's a direct path to peace inner peace and to love unconditional love and that is being touched with the uh, the source the spirit and one of the ways of knowing that it's when we are not following fear we're not we're not afraid because we are the spirit now we are everything but at the same time we are nothing. So we are just kind of dancing between those mm -hmm. two. And there's no reason to be afraid. Exactly, because you know who you are. Right. And then you're following your soul's path. So, and, and that's the moment that you are truly present and, yeah, and choosing, consciously choosing your next step, next right. action. Right. And that's so much easier to choose, right? And that coming from that place. Yes, it's a sense of knowing. It's like you know that this is it. And then you don't need evidence uh from the mind right. because you know that this is it because our soul will take us to places that we never been mm -hmm. because when when you grow and you expand you're getting out of your comfort zone and our heart will take us to places that i i don't know what to do i don't know how to do it so <laughs> and then the mind gets like i don't know either so let's get out of here it's because of fear but yeah. then yeah is that trust is it way easier mm. to choose with knowing and love I love that word too, trust. Yeah, yeah that's a great. Trust. Yeah, a lot of people they use the word uh, faith, hope, mm -hmm. but they all the same to me in a way. Yeah, trust, trust. I have an analogy like that I used. Uh, I love cross-country skiing, as I said before, and in the way that I that I see it is like when you cross-country ski at night, specifically, uh, you don't you don't see you know that there are the tracks in there. You know that the tracks are in in, in the space, but you can only see uh, a meter ahead based with your headlamp, right? So, but you know and you trust that the, the tracks are there for you. As you continue skiing, you continue seeing the next step. You continue seeing the next, uh, the next meter of light. So, but you trust and you know that the tracks are there for you. So, so similarly, is when when we go through the journey of the soul, is that we trust that is the path. And then we just need to see the next step. We don't need to see the full, the full uh, plan. We just need the next step and then the next will be revealed. And that's the trust. 
the analogy that I have for it. Oh, I love that. So there's no need to try to control our destiny, right? In a future. Exactly. Yeah. We are not, we're not preoccupied with that idea. Yeah, because that's the mind. Yeah. <laughs> Mm, yes, right. <laughs> that's the ego who is the one who's preoccupied. The ego is the one who's like, what's happening here? <laughs> oh my God. And you know, Claudia, that's funny because this is a practice, I think, for our entire lives, isn't it? Yes. Oh God, yes. Totally. I'm still learning and growing yeah. here. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I'm in the same journey as everyone else. Wow. I just did it earlier or Whatever, yeah. Right, because now yeah, all you have us. more consciousness, you're more open, so you see, you can see clearly. But but it's still, like yes, you said, yeah. you're still going one milestone at a time. You're not trying to review everything, to know everything. Exactly, yeah, exactly. How wonderful. So let's talk about the conditioned um, living in perspective. Mm -hmm. So how have we been programmed over time? So the the from the conditioning, the biggest that I will say that that is the most prominent is the our life experiences is because mostly when we're kids in the way that we see our parents behave uh, in the way that they treat us as well. We started creating belief and ideas of ourselves. And if I'm good at this, I'm not good at that because I'm good at something because my mom told me it was good. I'm not good at that because uh, the teacher told me that I'm not was good at it. So all those create those uh, conditioning, those programs that that rooted in our subconscious mind, and that's how we have been conditioned our lives. So, and those programs get rooted and rooted through our as we grow too. And that's and that can the conditioning can come from culture, from as I said, from our life experiences, from our parents, from our friends. For the media, this is huge too, our media. Like uh, people outside of ourselves telling us, this is how we're supposed to be living, how we're supposed to be doing, what we should be doing this, what should be doing that. This is what it makes us happy or this is what it not make us happy. And this is what, and then all those things are ideas that we created that we're supposed to be doing that. So that has been programmed in that way, has been conditioned from different areas. And there are so many. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, I have a question for you about beliefs and values. That's another question I have um, in, a, in a little while. So speaking of programming and now the conditioned uh, living, you talk about the, uh, the conscious mind, the subconscious mind, a consciousness mind and the universal mind. So what is the difference between them? Okay, the, the conscious mind uh, is the where we when we can rationalize things, when we can see our thoughts, when we can discern situations, when we can say, what am I doing this or what I'm doing that? Uh, that's the conscious mind. Uh, when when we think, when we when we pay attention uh, to our thoughts, that's what's, what is happening, the rational part. The, the subconscious mind is uh, our, what it holds our automatic behaviors. Is what it holds out the memories of our past. Uh, that's what holds uh, how we do things. Uh, so that is subconscious mind. Anything that is not in our consciousness, right? So that's, for example, right. one that how we drive to our car and not thinking of the steps to do it consciously. That's all those automatic behaviors are put in our subconscious mind. The the consciousness consciousness is the the observer. That's the truth of who we are is the one who observes our thoughts, 
there's the one who the consciousness that they observe our life experience is that's what is consciousness and then the universal consciousness is the shared consciousness that uh, we have as a society that's that's the difference between those three and you also talk about the universal mind yeah and the universal mind yes that's in a quote that i have there at the beginning of that and but the universal mind as i said is more about like the uh, the complete consciousness as i said but i don't go too deep in in my book about it right. yeah it's more right. of, it's a right. quote that i have but it's more as a, as a collective consciousness right Okay, that's more collective, not individual. Yeah. And I love the analogy that you use about the car representing life. And then you say mm -hmm. the driver represents the mind. That's a very interesting thing. Do you want to briefly just explain that analogy to us? Absolutely, yes. So when when most people drive to, to work or somewhere that they often go, in theory, they must be paying attention to the road ahead. Uh, but in reality, most people are thinking, and are thinking about everything else, but really paying attention to the road ahead and where they are going. But when they are even doing that, they're also making a very uh, important decisions on the road, like changing lanes, uh, the speed that they are going, and even the if the exit that they are taking. So, and that's how most, uh, and they arrive, and they arrive to the destination, and they're wondering, how did I get here? So, and that's how most people are living their life as an autopilot. So the analogy goes that if the that the car represents your life and you the driver represents the mind and the actions that you take in the road represent the actions that you take in life, who is driving the car of your mind? So similarly as the it's the subconscious mind, but that similarly because the subconscious mind is taking all those automatic actions in the road while you were thinking about anything else in the future, in the past. So similarly, that happens with most people when they live their lives. They are, not, they are taking actions in the present moment while their mind is thinking, ruminating about the past, is thinking about the future, what they're going to do next. But it's in the present moment where they're making decisions about their lives. So that's why they live in an autopilot, because those decisions are based as well from the programming, from the conditioning that comes from the subconscious mind. Wow, that is like exactly how I lived most of my life. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of people right, are living, still living this way. Yes, and, and, it's, and it's important to know that like we need our subconscious mind. Otherwise, we will, not, we will be thinking every single decision that we are making. Yeah. And that will be totally impossible, almost impossible to live. Right. But it's about opening that programming, that conditioning and said, like, do, is that belief still real for me or that's a lie? Oh, that's a lie. So no, I'm going to create another empowering belief. I'm going to create something that is going to be more supportive. And that new belief is going to be reprogrammed in your subconscious mind. So then now you continue now living your life moving forward with the new belief that you consciously created. And no, it was some belief that was based on your life experience or someone told you that you are not good at something. So now you can say, yeah, I'm choosing this belief for me. Yeah. So now that's when the conscious mind, it's uh, playing a role. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Our conscious mind is playing a role as well. It's doing the discernment. Right. 
And then um, I think I have a question. Yeah, this is a question that I ask uh, some of my guests, not all of them, obviously. When you talk about the conditioning of our minds, and then you mentioned that there are different ways of becoming programmed, which we know, family, and you mentioned uh, life experiences, social circles, the media, work, culture, education, and all that habits. They become thoughts and beliefs and also values. So how do we know the difference between beliefs and values? Oh, wow. Such a great question. I will say that something that, that you value, for example, I value exercising and eating healthy. I do value that. And I believe is like, I believe that eating healthy and exercising is because I love my body. Right. Mm. That means that I'm loving myself. I'm acting in this way because I'm loving myself. But I value something that you cherish, that you cherish about you or about others right. is something that is important to you that's what a value is important to you and i believe it's something that uh, that you think is right yeah, but that, it might not be think. right <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah is that yeah yeah Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, and it's important to pay attention to our values and our true beliefs. Yeah. Because there's a difference about your values and what you value. Uh, I mean, for example, like uh, I value exercising and eating healthy because I believe I show myself love because doing that is a belief that I created. And, and what you value is okay, what I'm giving value to, to my life and giving value to my body. That makes sense to me. Um, so we're almost at the end of the interview and I have so many other questions for you here. You talk about something that's very interesting, the negative bias. Um, talk to me about negative bias and also the labeling circumstances consciously or letting the brain to do it uh, subconsciously. Yes. So let's, let's, let's talk about first about the biases and then we go to the labeling. The first one we didn't then. So our brain has evolved for our evolution to protect us. Yeah. And in order to protect us, our brain is always constantly looking for what is going to harm us, what is going to hurt us. So, and depending on that, we will be reacting, right? So because the tendency of of that evolution is to focus on the negative thing, what is going to cause harm. That's why uh, with something is, is happening, we tend to look at the worst case scenario so that I'm protected mentally and emotionally and psychologically. So that's the, the negative bias of the brain or the negative bias of the mind. That's the tendency. So it's very, very important to, for us to be aware that when we are having negative thoughts, we're thinking about the worst case scenario or we're ruminating in the past, it's just like that's as well the, the brain with the bias of, of thinking the worst that can happen. So in that moment in awareness is when we are able to, to say, oh, here is my brain, like uh, objectify it, just, oh, here is my brain with a negative bias trying to protect me again. So and with that awareness of paying attention of our thoughts and our emotions, bring ourselves to, to the present moment and say, okay, what is really true here? Is this true? Does, and if that happens, what's the worst that can happen? Does, and I have a lot of questions in my book, as you have mm, seen. Right. And I like the those other questions. Yeah. We're talking about labeling. Our, because we create a memory in, in, our, in our subconscious mind, right? For example, I know that how a chair looks like, and, uh, and I have it in my memory. I know how a chair looks like, and I don't need to... And as soon as my brain or my eyes see a chair, 
my brain knows, oh, labels, oh, that's a chair. Make sense? Because and no one has to show me again, oh, that's a chair. No, I know already that it's a chair. So similarly happens with situations and circumstances or that are not tangible. Someone, for example, like uh, you're starting a, a new relationship, right? And if you have labeled that being in a relationship is going to cause you pain, you're walking into that relationship uh, is going to label you saying, okay, don't. Dating again is going to hurt you. So our brain is constantly labeling things, or situations or material things so, to support us, yeah. And all of those are rooted in our subconscious mind. That is in our programming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love the way you put it in here, which is so true. Uh, we are either like labeling them consciously or the brain would do, would do it automatically, yes. subconsciously. Exactly, exactly. And that's when it becomes dangerous, right? Exactly. And that's when we are not choosing our lives. So it's very mm. important that we, we label things and situations consciously about circumstances, right? Because as a, a, something happened, an event happened in our lives. So we are able to say, okay, I can label it as an opportunity to grow and evolve and look and see what are, what are the opportunities here. Or we can allow subconscious mind to, to label it as a survival mode. Oh, wow. It goes back to what you said earlier, such a beautiful analogy about the road that you just trust one part of the road at a time. And you're not, you're very conscious about what's coming next, but at the same time, there's trust. So you don't have to panic. There's no more uh, obsession with thinking too much about labeling even, because now you just, you know what you know, and you also trust. That's a wonderful combination, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Trust, trust. Yeah, I love that word. We need trust. Yeah, I love it too. Yeah, <laughs> so true. Everything is trust. So my, um, I think the last thing I want to put one more thing here is about <laughs> the four steps when yeah. dealing with unpleasant emotions. This is very interesting. You talk about how we can develop emotional mastery. Talk mm -hmm. to me about those four steps, uh, recognize, accept, understand, and heal. Yeah, so the, the tendency of most people is to, to reject the negative emotions. Like, I don't want to feel like this, right? Like, oh, I'm feeling sad, so I'm not going to. Let's, let's do numb myself by drinking or exercising or working. I don't want to feel this emotion. Mm. So instead of rejecting the emotion, welcome it. Welcome it and say, okay, I'm feeling in this way. So recognize it. I'm feeling sad. Okay, I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling sad. So that's the, that's the first, the first step is to recognize it and accepting it, accepting that that this is this is how I feel. And, and the next step of that's the just give me a second. <laughs> yeah, accept, accept because I I use the first step with the second step. So yes, recognize the emotion and the second step is accepted. Okay, this is how I feel. I, I accept my emotion and, and that's totally fine that I'm feeling it in this way. And start and start seeing like as a as a that brings you information to to continue growing because as I mentioned before, that emotion will be opening to 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 your subconscious mind, to the thing that's triggering, to the memory or the belief that you have. And that takes us to the, the third step, the understanding. So start dissecting the information that uh, what the emotion wants to bring. And, and as I said in my book, just 
while being compassionate and kind mm. to ourselves because yeah, we might so. find things that we don't like and and that can be painful. <laughs> so so <true>. it's like, <laughs> oh, okay. So they're kind of, oh, I didn't want to see that. <laughs> and, yeah. So, and that's for a reason, right? Because I, we feel those negative emotions is because our brain is protecting us to not feel those emotions again. So then it's like, okay, let's, let's open that. And at the same, and the fourth step, it takes us to the heal, to heal the inner trigger. So now that we have opened that, that box, we look at the belief or look at the past experience to start heal it. Like, okay, that, that happened to me, but that's not defining, for example. And what other empowering belief I can say, that's not true, that my high school teacher told me that I'm not as smart with numbers. That's not true because I have another evidence that that's not true. It's just that, like that's where the healing process comes in to reframing, to forgive, forgive others, forgive ourselves. So that's that's the healing journey that that takes with using the emotions. And when you and when you're doing this over and over again using your emotions, you are mastering your emotions, and then you become emotional intelligent. So you are not reacting anymore you are now responding because now you know you're not you don't have the need to uh, defend yourself yeah because you already heal it right that's the first thing i thought when you were explaining uh, the difference between reaction and responding then i thought wow that sounds like the reaction like defending yourselves Mm -hmm. so that's coming from fear right oh yes absolutely yeah it's definitely fear it's fear so when we go through this process of emotional healing and that definitely is going to support to master our emotions and we will be responding to life and, and choosing consciously. And then you also talk about, I'm not sure if this is connected. I don't think it is because you have some specific phrases. They're very interesting. You talk about removing the four most common limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me what they are and what do we replace them with? So remove the four more common beliefs. So the first one is that I am not good enough. The second one is I'm not worth it. And the second one is I can't do it. And, they won't, and the last one, I don't have choice. And those, those four common beliefs, I have, I have seen them mostly with, within myself and the people that are going through my coaching, that I have seen it. So those are beliefs that are not true because we are already enough. We have everything that we need. We are absolutely worth it of, of anything that we desire. Yeah, and that comes as well with self-love. And I can do it. Like we always can do it, but we, our brain and our mind is protecting us of the fear of failure. Yeah. That we right away our our first thought, our first reaction, because back mm. to reacting, the yeah. protection of the brain of the mind is like I cannot do it. I'm not going to. I'm not going to fail. And then that's the part. And the last one is that I don't have a choice. And that's the, the one that it gets me the most. I will say that I love the most, in a sense, because we we always have a choice. We always are choosing. And sometimes we say that I don't have a choice. It's because the alternative we don't want. And then we allow our subconscious mind to choose automatically for us. And we say, we don't, and that's the choice. I wouldn't have a choice. So... It's very important to realize that we have a choice always. And in the moment that we tell our mind and we direct our mind, okay, what are my choices? Our mind starts looking for choices because we see what we want to see based on what is in our consciousness. So if we direct our mind and say, what are my choices for me? 
then we start seeing choices. And even though that you, that you see all the choices and I say, okay, but the choice that I'm taking that I believe I have to do is the less painful, then you remove the, the emotion of like, oh, I have to. But because in this case, now you are consciously choosing. You're saying, okay, I'm choosing to do this, even though that oh, it's not the thing that I want right now, but I'm choosing it. And you can give it a conscious meaning. Oh, I like that. So then, so... So those are the the four that I have and people can read more about it. And the, that's the one that I love the most. The, the, yeah. I love in a sense yeah. <laughs> because we always are choosing. <laughs> and the same thing of like, uh, mm. we are worth it. Like we are worthy of all uh, we desire. We are worthy of a loss and we're worthy of success and abundance. Mm. Uh, but we believe that we are now because we are not loving ourselves enough to see it. Oh, wow. Wow. That's powerful, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I love that too. What you said, it's incredibly empowering. We have a choice. We just have to be aware of that. Yes. We always have choices. And even, even we are, and I said that in the book too, like even a thought is a choice. We are choosing our thoughts. Yeah, if a cho- if a thought comes up and we are aware of that thought, we are able to say, I choose to engage with that thought or not engage with that thought. Like others say that thought is not true. So I'm choosing another thought. So we are choosing constantly. But most of our choices, we are allowed them to come from our subconscious mind, out of autopilot behaviors, out of our conditioning. Mm. And then we are not truly living. Yeah, we are not living. So true. I guess the question that comes to mind, which I have asked other guests too, how do we know when we are choosing and not trying to control? Oh wow, that's such a beautiful question. I think it's like the the difference between choosing and controlling. Uh, it comes with intention. Right. What is mm-hmm. your intention? Right. To ask yourself, what's the intention? Is my intention to for the for the outcome? Right. I'm, I'm seeking this outcome so probably you are controlling mm. when you're looking for an outcome right. when you want someone to behave in one way or when you want something to happen in the way that your mind wants to right. you are controlling you are choosing as well when because even if even if you are doing the controlling you are choosing that to control. Yeah, like, it's another choice, right? It's a choice, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. you are choosing to control. <laughs> so, and that's a totally valid choice as well. Mm. But then you have another choice that is following your heart because your heart will never want to control the outcome, right? You, your heart is always in the in the evolving of things. Your heart is always seeing the, the, the first step and the next step. Wow. Your heart is always in, in that moment of awareness. So your heart is is open to all the possibilities available for you. So when we want to control something, we are limiting ourselves because then it's like, this is just one outcome. So we, when our heart, when our heart, we're choosing in that direction, then it's, we can start seeing multiple possibilities, limited possibilities. Because, mm. yeah, so, so we'll say like controlling, I mean, you choose to control or choose not to control. Yeah. I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have to connect those words, right? That's true. And that's yeah. where it takes a lot of awareness, right, Claudia? Because then it's easy to choose to control, thinking that we are choosing mm-hmm. yes. to choose because we have their possibilities, so many possibilities. But then, it's very tricky because sometimes we could be choosing to control by um, believing that we are doing things for the better, to help humanity, to help ourselves. But that could be like a um, egotistic 
kind of idea. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's so important, right, to be in check <laughs> with the ego. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, absolutely. Totally. Check the intention. It's checking the intention. Am I doing this for me or am I doing for all? Or it's checking about the intention. And if I'm, I'm seeking to control, it's like I'm, this is the outcome that I want to have. Then. Yeah, but definitely it's takes a lot of training, I will say, and I'm learning through this too, so. Yeah, and maybe, <laughs> now that I just thought about the con- control has to do with fear. So that's kind of, it's kind of easy to tell, right, when we're afraid, trying Absolutely. to control outcome, because we're afraid of not having yes. something. Yes, exactly. That's why we want to control people's behaviors, that's why we can control everything outside of ourselves, because that's fear, because you want to control so that way it doesn't hurt me emotionally, in that way my uh, stability is still in, in place. So I want to control so I'm still happy. Yeah. <laughs> so and the I'm other one choosing joy, to do so. more with freedom, yeah. having the freedom to choose from infinite and limitless possibilities. Yeah. But at the same time, though, it's like you can choose, uh-huh. you can still choose to control something. Oh, right. You can still go into that path. You can choose fear if you want to. You can choose love as well. It's your choice. Mm. You can you can choose to follow the mind with fear. You can choose to follow the heart with love and unknown and a lot of things to evolve. So in that way, you can see your limitless possibilities. Oh, wow. That's true. Yeah. So you can choose. So I guess it comes to your choice of you follow your heart or you follow your, your mind. Right. And, and that's a choice you make in your free will. Yeah. And then the outcome is pretty easy to tell too, because one will cause more unnecessary suffering, like you mentioned, and the other one mm-hmm. won't. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. Unnecessary suffering. Mm-hmm. So before I ask you my last, last questions, I want you to talk to me about the guide and workbook, Get Out of Your Mind and Start Living Fearlessly. So where can the audience access it? Yes, so the audience can access that in, I have created something specifically for you, all of you, at claudiavelandia.com backslash fit for joy. And this guide, the the intention of the guide is to to help people to understand what fear is. And also uh, the workbook has some questions that will help you to to understand, to acquire more self-knowledge, to understand more about your fears, to do the inner work. So in that way, you can choose consciously (laughs) (laughs) and uh, out of fear. So then you have that awareness in that way. Okay, I choose to do this. I choose to do that. Wonderful. Thank you, Claudia. So let me ask you my final questions unrelated to the subject. How do you define success? What is to be successful to you? Oh, for me, successful is being in alignment, in alignment with my truth. And alignment with a true belief that is in this moment that is being successful. I'm allowing to, to I'm choosing in love. I'm, I'm not controlling. I'm not living in fear. That's that's successful to to having that self realization. And that's for me to be in an alignment. And what was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself? Oh, oh wow! <laughs> that about myself that I was not loving myself. That was the hardest one for me. And believing that I'm not enough. And that was uh, very painful. And that's based on uh, life experience that I had growing up uh, with my family dynamics. And that made me believe that I was not lovable. And that created uh, beliefs uh, that I was not loving, that I needed to be someone else in order to be lovable. And that 
hurt me very much that I needed to be needed to be someone else. So that was I would say that was the 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 hardest lessons when I opened that box. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way you talk about boxes. <laughs> They're cute. I was a subconscious conditioning yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I will say that was the 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 hardest. Like I yeah, they was painful. It was it was painful, but it was so liberating on the other side though. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change about your life? Do anything differently? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, That's yeah, Nothing. Yeah. Wonderful. I will do it all over again. Exactly. As it was. <laughs> <laughs> That's so wonderful to hear that. Do you believe in life after death? And if you do, what kind of life? Yeah, I do believe it's a life after death. It's our soul's life. And uh, I think it's going to be full of love. <laughs> it's so much love. It's unconditional love. I think that we will know like what it means to feel love and, and knowing fully and completely how we're lovable. And probably we will look back to our <laughs> life. Oh, that was easy. Well, we didn't do it that way. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Is that a belief? Is that a thought, a belief? <laughs> That's a belief right now. <laughs> Okay, so believe right now, my Claudia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I and I have the sense cute. of knowing that it's definitely mm. at the other side is is love. When we when we mm. our body dies when when we pass to the other side because our we are eternal beings. So we are just momentarily in this body. So as eternal being at the other side, I'm sure we will be experiencing full love, yeah, and joy, yeah. I like the way uh, the word you use, you chose to use, <laughs> knowing. <laughs> this is a knowing, right? Yeah. Not yeah. a belief system. Yeah, it's a knowing. Yeah. That's wonderful. And my last, um, well, this is the last question before the last, last one. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> what are three things about life you know for sure? Oh, three things about life that I know for sure. I know for sure that we are lovable. Yeah, that we are worth it and that we can achieve anything that our heart desires. The only thing that we need to go is get out of our own way. Yeah. So true. Yeah. It has been a meaningful conversation, warm, genuine, and there's a lot of wisdom within your words. Um, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really, really enjoy our time together and having this conversation. So thank you for, for having me today. Thank you, Claudia. And where can we find information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Yes. Yeah, so people can find me and follow me in Instagram at Claudia Living Now. And also they can follow me on LinkedIn and Claudia Velandia. And claudiolandia.com or quantumthinking.com. That's my corporate website when I when I teach uh, companies uh, how to get out of their own way and teams and, and conscious leadership coaching. And yeah, that's that's pretty much wonderful. So we can find me, ask me questions, and I love to share a lot. So in in Instagram, you find more about myself and my way of living. So I share a lot of things about me in that one. Wonderful. Thank you so much again, Claudia. And I'll talk to you soon. Well, thank you very much. It was wonderful to be here. Thank you. Bye for now. Okay. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Claudia Valandia, please visit her website, claudiavalandia.com.
To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Vickrock. Thank you again for listening, and bye for now. Bye.